It's a stupid question, but it's an interesting question. Uh, it's a question I'll be asking the guests on this show. Each episode, I invite someone on to talk about movies that they're passionate about, and uh, I ask them, are those movies better than Terminator 2? Why Terminator 2? There are two reasons. Um, for most people uh, that I know, it's just a really good movie. Um, and, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down um, or, or star ratings, they're all kind of dumb. I'm just going to lean into it. The other reason is that it makes you think about Terminator 2. Um, is it really good? Why is it good? How is it good? Um, and I should say that all of this is is personal. There's no um, there's no official canon uh, that um, I'm keeping track of. Um, so let me introduce myself. My name is Michael Carroll. I am a millennial. I'm uh, you know a former video store clerk, uh, former Massachusettsian, uh, current Brooklynite uh, film bro. Uh, I'm also a procrastinator. Um, this has been a delayed production. I've been putting this project off for a long time. Um, COVID hit. Um, and uh, since then, I've kind of been trying to focus on things that bring me joy. So on that note, um, this episode was actually recorded at the end of 2019. And, and I want to thank uh, my first guest, Liam Billingham. Um mostly just for um, coaching me through um, this podcasting process. I've recorded a few episodes uh, already, and uh, I, I get a little better, but um, he really helped me out. Uh, he really encouraged me a lot. He's, uh, as he'll mention, he has a great show of his own, Uvra Busters. Uh, and I should say that uh, we mentioned in this uh, that he was starting his third season, which was about Batman, Um that season, uh, in the time it took me to get like one episode on the air, he uh, recorded an entire season on Batman, and he's moved on to his fourth season, which focuses on the films um, of uh, that Akira Kurosawa did with uh, Shiro Mifun. So, um, really looking forward to that. Um, I love doing this show. I've done uh, a few episodes already. Um, I've backlogged them. It kind of takes a little time. Um, just the format of the program to to get an episode uh, in the can um but uh, i love doing this show because it's an opportunity to to keep in touch with um with people i love and uh to meet new people and um on that note if you're interested uh in doing an episode i'm, I'm i'd love to hear from you uh i'm looking for um three films with a connective tissue and uh, you can send uh, an email to judgmentdaypod at gmail.com. That's judgmentdaypod at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. So uh, without further ado, let's jump in. Hello and welcome to Judgment Day, the film podcast that pits your favorite films against Terminator 2. My guest today is Liam Billingham. Hello, from Michael. The Oeuvre Busters podcast. Um, Mike, is this your first episode? 
This is the first oh my recorded God. episode. Let's see. You son of a bitch. <laughs> where it actually you comes lied out. to me. <laughs> I thought I was the most important person in your life besides your wife and child. No, but I'm really, not, it's like debatable. Um, how are you? I'm good. Um, Look me in the eye, damn it. <laughs> you do a show called Oofra Busters. Correct. Um, tell me about Oofra Busters. Uh, Oofra Busters is a... Um, is a podcast where um, myself and uh, man about town and, and man of letters, mm-hmm. George Fragopoulos, um, talk about the oeuvre of a specific... Well, okay, so it started as a specific filmmaker. The first filmmaker we did was John Cassavetes because yeah. we were sort of just interested... I was interested in um, the way we perceive John Cassavetes today because he's pretty... In some ways, he's very broy, but there's mm-hmm. also something interestingly progressive about his... Show and I think a lot of that is encapsulated in an appearance he did on um, D- uh, Dick Cavett in the '70s when he was promoting Husbands, the movie yeah. he made with Ben Gazzara, and um, who we'll p- discuss in detail I think today, and Peter Falk. So we watched all of his films. That he- <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, <clears throat> getting so- choked up thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched all of the films that uh, John Cassavetes directed, as well as a few episodes of. Um, um, a few epi- a few episodes of Johnny Staccato, the mm-hmm. detective piano player show he did in the fifties, and we talked about a few other things. Um, season two, which we are wrapping up later this week, is on Philip Seymour Hoffman. We watched fifteen ish films starring and or one directed by Philip Seymour Hoffman, and um, I don't think we had a thesis for that season, but I think we've discovered that it was kind of like the ver- the various beta and alpha male positioning of philip seymour hoffman as a as a as an actor and and also i think his you know quite frankly his titanic importance to like filmmaking in Mm -hmm. the past 20 or 30 years um and season three which we announced this morning uh will be uh all of the theatrical films starring batman so All of them. I would. So we're going to talk about uh, the 1966 Adam West Batman. Mm-hmm. We might go back and talk about the serials from the 40s and 50s. Yeah, that seems like because you, your show uh, often will have like if you can't, uh, you know, if uh, you need to take a break or something like that, you always have these like fill-in episodes. Yes. <laughs> there, so I think yeah, and I think we I think that it's gone away from being this. I mean, it was never. It's a. It's. I would argue it's more of a of a of a chat show than it is a. Um, like a, f- a, a film a analysis project, show, yeah. yeah. Like we're not. I mean, George is an academic. Uh, I'm a I'm a ma- filmmaker and media What's the maker. Opposite of an academic, that's you. That that would be accurate. <laughs> I, I'm actually an anti intellectual. Um, but uh, we you know we kind of dig into it and we try to keep it funny and silly and it's very mm-hmm. light and and I I think it's the someone said to me recently like your show is great for me to listen to while I'm doing data entry, which is like exactly <laughs> exactly the place I want to live. I want to be like I just want it to be fun. Yeah. Um, and so we we've gradually moved away from the sort of like heavy hitter auteur thing and we're moving mm-hmm. more towards like just things that are Clear, fun clearly um yeah maybe next season we'll come back and do like 40 episodes on claire denis or yeah, something yeah, that's yeah. what season two is originally going to be um but yeah i it's still like the idea of john sales because i'm just sort of like yes I, I always think of that guy as like I, I i would like to do that for john sales I yeah like he deserves bust it bust that oeuvre and because madawan just got re-released madawan, i feel like now yeah. and also i feel like in a great way the conversation about labor right now is a much bigger conversation than it has been Mm -hmm. um at least in the in like mainstream news in a long time so he's also made some shitty films so anyway and he's written some he wrote a league of their own i think 
Did he? Like under a pen name, yeah. I mean, mm. he makes his living script doctoring. A lot of love for... Okay, oh, it's well, great. Yeah, yeah, okay. We're getting off There's problem. no crying <laughs> in baseball. <laughs> anyway, if you like sort of loudmouth white guys talking about movies, check out my podcast. But, but, what a but terrible like pitch. But woke, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're so woke. All right, so let's... let's Are move. we too woke? That's uh, the question. Oh. Go uh, see The Irishman. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. All right, to I'm going to stop here. talking. <laughs> Don't stop Sorry. talking. Sorry. Um, look, let's start. Let's start. We have three films lined up. That so let me just. Uh, so the idea is that I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I yeah. just since it's the first episode, I wanna I wanna clarify. Uh, we're gonna talk about three films uh, that are that are linked somehow. Yeah. Uh, whether by actor or maybe thematically, and thematically. then decide if they're better or worse than Terminator Two: Judgment Day. That's the that's the. You idea. know, there's a lot of film podcasts, but this is already the best one because yeah, okay. any excuse to talk about Terminator Two: Judgment Day is a great is a yeah. great podcast idea. Um, well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I'm going to cut all that because uh, I don't like flattery. Um, oh, my God. Just, just open your heart up. <laughs> open f- up your... No. So we're taking, We're looking at three films that are films that you discussed on Uberbusters. Sure. What are they? We're going to start with The Killing of a Chinese Book. Oh, classic. And then we're going to go into um, Happiness with Philip Seymour Less Hoffman. of a classic. <laughs> also with Ben Gazzara. Let's, let's, let, yeah, and then and then Am also I? with Ben Gazzara and Philip Seymour Hoffman, the big Lebowski. That's true. Um, I didn't mean to blow up your spot there. That's okay. I kind of did. Do you want to do it again? <laughs> no. Okay, great. All right, cool. All right, so um, people may not be familiar with uh, Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Yes. 1976? Yeah. Um, it came out three weeks before, or three weeks after, like, I think The Godfather, something crazy, or Taxi Driver. I'm Taxi sorry. Driver. It came out very close to Taxi Driver and yeah. sort of disappeared into obscurity, like many mm-hmm. of John Cassavetti's films. Um, and I think when we d- we talked about this a few weeks ago, we watched different cuts of this, because there was a 76 cut and a yes. 78 cut. Yes. And, and you watched, like, something that was maybe, like, two and a half hours? I actually watched the So there's... so. Killing of a Chinese Bookie is about Cosmo Vitelli, a nightclub owner in L.A., who gets in with the wrong crowd and and is forced to kill what ends up being a Chinese mob boss. Yeah. Um, He's a very likable Amazingly likable. Um, He he runs a a strip club um, burlesque show, and he's got a gambling problem. Um, And maybe a drinking problem. And a drinking problem, but he... He's very kind to the women who work for him. He has a whole like vaudeville act that are just like they've right. just been around. And there's also very like, lived in world. His girlfriend in the film is is a is a woman of color, mm-hmm. which I think is not insignificant considering the time and and yeah. in the sense that like the movie, for better or for worse, takes great p- p- pains to paint this guy as like kind of being yeah. despite his sort of like overt old-fashionedness in certain ways, like sort of progressive in other ways. Whether you think he is or not, I think is part of what the movie reckons with either consciously or subconsciously. And and it... Well, again, now this goes into what I was going to say about the different cuts because um, I I think he recut the film in 1978. Uh, It was re-released, and it was one of those cases where the director's cut is shorter. Yes, that's the one I've watched. I've watched the shorter... Oh, you did watch the shorter one. Okay. There are the in in John Cassavetti's films. There are these things that I would like call encounters, where, and there's the great example in the beginning of. You just invented the term encounters. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard it before, but in the film Minnie in Moskowitz, there's a scene in the beginning where Seymour Moskowitz meets this guy in a cafe, and the scene is like 
four minutes long mm-hmm. and really insane. And like they just talk, and it's played by Timothy Carey, the great sort of mysterious, weird character actor who like then disappeared from Hollywood. But there's like a long scene in Killing of a Chinese Bookie in the longer version where he has like a long conversation with a woman at a restaurant when he's buying um, burger meat to feed to dogs before he kills this guy. Like there was just like apparently more detail and more to the film in the longer cut, and then. It got reduced down because uh, it did not do well. Yeah, it's interesting because the film I saw, like I said, it 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 it, it moves at a slow pace. It feels lived in. Um, I, the film I watched, I, I, I there were times where I was just like, "This is this could maybe be cut a little bit more." But you know, right. again, Cassavetes, I I never uh, I never busted that oeuvre. It's a good oeuvre I, to I, bust. I, I did it vicariously through you guys. Um, yeah, it, 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 and again, it was, look, I, I, I'm a father. I watch films over <laughs> multiple <laughs> sittings, and sadly— Get on that mic. Hmm? Get on that oh, mic a little Sorry more. about that. No, you're okay. Uh, I watch films over a number of sittings, and, and, and so I, I will grant that maybe I did not do it's the hard. film a kindness, the kindness it deserved by, like, sitting down one time straight through it. I struggle with that, too. I— uh, I had a lot of trouble getting through some of these movies when we were doing it and, yeah. and doing it in a single sitting. And I, I think that that's just the reality of like at nine o'clock yeah. being like, I'm so tired. I have so to watch tired. this film. I have to watch this three hour movie. Now, actually, th- what you're doing right now with the microphone is a perfect segue uh, <laughs> to going into <laughs> the so next film. I want to say really quickly <laughs> yeah. before we segue that um, if you're going to watch any John Cassavetes movie, mm-hmm. it should probably be Woman on the a uh, Woman Under the Influence. Okay, but because I think it's a more sort of like encapsulate. I think it's a, I think probably it's like the creme de la creme of his movies. But I think Chinese Bookie is the easiest to digest. It's like okay. a it's like a, it's a gangster movie and it's yeah. a, it's an incredible one. And I think it's um I remember growing up. Knowing, seeing the VHS uh, copy of this and being like, that looks like a badass. It's super film. badass, yeah. yeah. And Seymour Cassell of uh, the late great Seymour Cassell mm-hmm. of Rushmore fame, uh, probably the thing he's best known for for people under like thirty five. Yeah, um, plays uh, in like his most chilling performance. It's great. Timothy Carey's in it. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I we're gonna talk more about him, but Ben Gazzara, yeah. Ben Gazzara is so good. I love, so I fucking love <laughs> Ben Gazzara so much. <laughs> Sorry, please listen to my show. <laughs> so let's let's fast forward twenty years. Let's do it. Twenty years, nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, 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 to Todd Salons, um, happiness. The 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 filmmaker for misanthropes, the misanthropes, misanthropes, the misanthropes, misanthrope, uh, misanthropic. As fuck. Yeah. Is sort this, can of we like, swear on your shit? Yes, yeah. Okay. Um, fuck. It's like if- Shit. <laughs> God damn it. Piss. Uh, if uh, Woody Allen uh, was- didn't honestly didn't give a shit about being like If Woody likeable. Allen listened to Leonard Cohen's I Want It Darker, yeah. that's what you would get. Yeah. Um, but also like old timey. Anyway, um, so- this was a, a pastiche, not a pastiche film, but what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, well, it's like it's like an ensemble. It's film. an ensemble, ensemble film. Film when those uh, were back when those were thing. Yeah, um, uh, three sisters uh, out of uh, suburban. All New trying Jersey. to leave Moscow. Uh, I'll try to... <laughs> Moscow. <laughs> three sisters. Oh, oh. I'm very highbrow and literary. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, my yeah, podcast. Yeah. Uh, Masha. <laughs> I forget the other ones' names. No, we're talking about. Hope, Joy, and what was the third sister's name? Laura Flynn Boyle. I mean, this is, is your podcast. So I, 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 feel no, like I have, you I know. have my, I have my goddamn notes. 
Joy, by played by Jane Adams, Helen, uh, Lara Flynn Boyle, and Trish. Trish. Cynthia Stevenson. Uh, really great yeah. underrated actress. Anyway, great cast. Great in this cast. Thing. Uh, three women who are trying to find joy and happiness in the late nineties. Uh, in, in late New capital. Jersey. And Florida. And uh, are surrounded by um, horrible people and are arguably horrible people themselves. Yeah, he doesn't paint anyone in a positive light in that film. Uh, Jane Addams plays Joy. Yeah. And she's a scab. She's a scab. She's she's like a folk singer who doesn't really stand up for herself. And, and is she lets other deeply people... depressed. Yeah, everyone's kind of struggling with depression. John Lovitz uh, has a great uh, opening scene where he... Yeah, where, he's amazing. Where he's... <laughs> proposing to uh, Joy, and then she breaks yes. up with him. And, um, you know, um, so, uh, she works with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Or, no, Philip Seymour Hoffman is- Philip Seymour Hoffman lives in Lara Flynn Boyle's building and yeah. is obsessed with her. And is obsessed with her. He's uh, this very creepy man who um, is doing uh, these very- uh, he, he does these phone calls that are very uh, He sort of gets off on, like- Torturing people over the phone, or yeah. or um, like pretending to be something he's not, or yeah. whatever the case might be. And he's and he's and and again, the tone of this is all very comedic. Like it it, it goes into some very dark stuff. Oh, yeah, you're, you're the, well, your no, head. the tone is. It's hard to say that it's comedic or what it is. It's Todd Salons. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is. I mean, it leans towards funny, it, but it's misanthropic. Yeah, and and then and then um, uh, what's her name? Trish. Her husband is uh, Dylan Baker in a very iconic role. He's um, a therapist, um, and he is a pederist. He is a pederist, and, and it's uh, you're meant to sympathize with him to some extent. To some extent. To some extent, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a very uncomfortable film to watch, but um, it, it's all about all these people who have very human, uh, relatable qualities, and also simultaneously um, all have like pretty. Uh, Horrible, unlikable aspects right. to them too, and, in and that so way, finding balance. I think it's it is a very it's a very balance. human movie, and that yeah. like, you know, uh, it deals like it really goes to extremes to to look at like the duality of being alive, yeah, which is interesting. Um, George has a theory that the movie is about the end of history, history yeah. with a capital H, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into here, but is pretty interesting in terms of how you think about. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say that you know I I. I um, I've made a commitment to to try and like watch as many of these films um, before I sit down as I can. Happiness was a little hard to get a hold of. Um, you... uh, we have the DVD sure. if you want to borrow it. <laughs> uh, collect. Step get a little back, a little back. Jackie Treehorn <laughs> tries to collect, and he sends two goons to go rough up Jeff Lebowski. They get the wrong Jeff Lebowski. Yeah, it's a classic wrong man <laughs> scenario. <laughs> Jeff LeBow- No, I'm just I'm trying because there's so many ins and outs. Yes, I don't know. I actually don't even know if it's important. It's not important. But, uh, yeah, but that's part of the fun of it. Yes. After like 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 you know, Miller's Crossing would be the other one. Would be like, yeah. That movie makes no fucking sense. No, it does. You have to sit down and actually like think. Yeah, about Yeah, I it, guess that's it, true. You know, Who like, has time for that these yeah. days though? With with the Instagrams <laughs> and the Twitters. No, I think the story. Yeah, I think um, the story to that movie kind of becomes clear in the last ten minutes in the Big Lebowski. Correct. Yeah. When she when her car is at. I, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. But we don't need to introduce The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Everyone knows The Big Lebowski. Um, it's kind of a classic L.A. 
drenched, sun drenched L.A. noir kind of film a little bit, and like that it it's it 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 it, it, it portrays L.A. in like a very specific way that I feel yeah. like Inherent Vice would do soon after, and um, I haven't seen it yet, but Under the Silver Lake. Oh right, has a lot of sort of from what I understand, it's on my queue too. And then I think it all goes back to Chinatown, which I recently rewatched, and uh-huh. fuck man, it's good. Oh my god, yeah. it's so good. Um, so uh, Lebowski famously um came off of the heels the Coens were coming off of the heels of Fargo best picture nominee yeah it's interesting that this was the follow up this was the follow up kind of a flop and then kind of now easily their most well known film so is yeah it probably is yeah. Fargo's pretty well known yeah do you have a favorite Coen Brothers movie Miller's oh interesting yeah. Serious Man Serious Man I really like a Serious interesting. Man but I'm not as um I'm not as much like a uh, a Cohen stan. I do think that they're 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 filmmakers for me, where. Excuse me. You I do think that. Choked for, up thinking. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I do think for me, their films get better the second time I see them. So Whereas the Serious mm-hmm. Man ended, I was like, "Holy fuck, this yeah. movie's incredible!" I think uh, Hail Caesar is one of those too. Right? Yeah, yeah, I remember I watched Burn that with reading. people who hated it, and I was like, "No, it's not bad." No. Someone told me recently that it's about the culture industry, mm-hmm. which I think, I mean, obviously it's about Hollywood, but also like it sort of like deals with that. Which I, when I saw it, I didn't know. I didn't read any of that nonsense, uh, nonsense, yeah. all that bullshit, not important it. media critique from the 1900s, but. Um, Let's let's jump into T two, Terminator two. What's your relationship to Terminator two? Oh man, um, I feel like when I was a little kid, it was one of those movies. I, I my dad showed me Terminator two young. Terminator two came out. I didn't see it in the theater because I don't. I think I was. I just don't think my parents brought me. I don't think. Yeah. That was where we were at. But I remember thinking, like, boy, this thing is, like, really intense and really violent. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty awesome. Um, I'm very, very, still very deeply disturbed by the nuclear Armageddon scene yeah. in the playground. I think it's, yeah. like, incredibly upsetting. I think about it. Whenever I think about the movie, that's the first thing it, I think it, about. It, it anchors the film, giving it, like, emotional stakes that, that like, um, kind of were things that were prevalent and on the mind, you know, in the in the consciousness of people at the time. Um, in a way that wasn't uh, that was kind of earned, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a great action movie, and I, yeah. and again, I'm like, I think I, sp- I I'm really getting tired of trying to rank things yeah. and like say what's best or what's worst or oh, whatever. No, you're, you're not gonna like that. Yeah, but I I do think that like that the 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 term the label action movie is like a dirty word, which is insane because action movies are yeah all movies are action all movies, movies are action movies and like the eighties and then the nineties like there was like I, I think we're sort of like a great time for those movies because CGI hadn't hit the point where like we just had to deal with people in in latex suits right. beating the shit if out of each can, other if you can make anything happen on screen then nothing matters yeah exactly yeah. um and that was not the case then but I think that this movie if 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 it's even a thing it transcends the genre and I think it's um. I think it's a great movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I, I think it probably ho- must hold up. Yeah, I mean, everything seems like a magic trick that he's pulling up because there is CGI, but it's not all... Uh, it, it's used sparingly. Yes. Uh, and, and you know, uh, when it is used, it's 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 a moment. It's it's an event. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so now, now we're ranking if it's better yeah, or worse. So, so, so let's, let's go through Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Um... 
this is absurd. Um, yeah, it is absurd. Which is, uh, that's the point. Yeah. I would say that I think that a Chinese bookie is the closest that John Cassavetes gets to an action film. Mm-hmm. So for uh, because there are like extended not gun battles, but there are extended sequences of people. Uh, let's say if an action movie is about people running for their lives or yeah. fighting for their lives, um, in a conventional kiss kiss bang bang sense. Mm-hmm. Chinese bookie is the most action oriented. Yeah, Cassavetes. Maybe we, if we hadn't been clear for people, he's a chatty, in, talky kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, it's it's you're in a room with guys while they're getting drunk. Yeah, it's yeah, and a lot and that and and later more women and then more yeah. guys and then it it sort of gets protracted in his later films. Um, uh, if you really want to deep dive, Love Streams, I think is his masterpiece. I mean, that's the, that's the one I'm the most interested. It's in. fucking incredible. So, um, I would say that in the in the realm of action movies, Terminator Two is probably a more accomplished action film. Mm-hmm. But uh, the characters in a Chinese bookie really elevate it. They're so indelible. Your, so what's your answer? I look. I I like Terminator Two better than Chinese bookie. I'm not. My answer is that uh, I probably would enjoy watching Terminator Two more than that's, Chinese bookie. That's sort of. But yeah. I that's then that then in that case uh, the answer is always going to be you son of a bitch. This is what this show is. So I'm I'm going to say uh, Terminator Two. Yeah, doesn't matter. Happiness. Happiness. Happiness is better than Terminator 2. What the fuck? I have been waiting to tell you that for a while. Oh my god. Are you serious? I think so. I think Why? if I was uh if I had if if they were both on TV, I would watch Happiness. Um I I was so angry in the 90s. I was so um, um you know, I I I think it really captured uh, a, a lot of uh, and kind of a lot to what like Cassavetes was doing and maybe if I had been alive during the 70s I I'd, I'd appreciate what he was saying more. Um but I'm not. I, I grew up in the '90s, and, and what were you angry about? I don't know. I was. I was. Uh, th- there was nothing going on. Um, Clinton era. Yeah. America. Uh, uh, yeah. There was um, a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of anxiety in the world. Like people were walking around like with like a lot of like weird, you know, aggression. You know, Eminem was uh, you know captured everyone's imagination. Everyone sort of was post grunge. Yeah, everyone was weirdly horny, but also sort of like coming off of like a very, um, uh, you know, th- we were still shaking a lot of um, you know the hangups that came out of the you know forties and fifties. You know, like it. it you Thank know, God we're, we're over all of those now. No, I know what no, you but, mean. But but we've come a long way. I mean, like you know, just even just like just struggling with like like LGBTQ stuff. Yes. Like you know, like. Um, and and this was a film that that like kind of I think really had like the 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 foresight to just say like you know none of this makes any sense none of this feels right you know um, and, mm. and I don't know what the answers to any of this stuff to any of these things are you know um, it, it it's it still speaks to me and still makes me think oh, uh, wow uh, yeah so yeah I really deeply like have a strong uh, feeling towards happiness. Um, yeah. Not to derail the show yeah. too much, but do you think it has something sort of to say about the like post or the the Clinton era? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, know, yeah. Like 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 So um, then cut that out. I feel dumb now. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> um what what do you think it has to say? Just that it that that, that everything's a wolf it's in sheep. It's not even it's not it's it, it's not a message film. It's you know, it's mm. a farce. You right. know, and like and and I think it turns off I think it, people get turned off a lot by the fact that there is no Resolution. Well, there's no good person to like cling to or anything like that, you know. Um, but but I mean, that's what so much of that era felt like to me is that like I, I would just like see things that were just like I remember being in a video store in the '90s uh, that I worked at and um, shocker. 
and yeah, exactly. And there being the, in this well-to-do Massachusetts suburb, uh, and Me this too. woman came in, and she wanted to call the police because there were some people who were hanging out by the train tracks across from us, who were clearly drunk, and um, were um, upsetting her. And she wanted to call the police because they didn't belong in that town. Yeah, that sounds like small town, um, upper uh, upper crust Massachusetts. To yeah, me. and and I just remember thinking like, boy, I kind of hate everybody. Like yeah, clearly, whoever nice. these guys were, were like kind of like making this person uncomfortable, but, like, she was, like, going to call the cops on them. Anyway. There's, like, a muted rage to that movie. And, like, the rage and the mute, like, the sort of quality of it, like, being muted are hand-in-hand. Hand. So that's that's really interesting. Wow. Um, I'm going to still go with Terminator 2. Yeah. Because I probably think that I, I find the... There are no... I, I, I found... Um, I find happiness hard to watch. Yeah. But I, 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 I appreciate that in a movie, but I, you know, I don't know. It, I guess it depends on... If it's like a Tuesday night, I probably can handle happiness. If it's like a Saturday or... or <laughs> you have all Friday your bros night, together. Yeah. You we're just, we're just drinking marks, <laughs> yeah. watching happiness. Yeah. Uh, the third film is The Big Lebowski. Uh, you know, The Big Lebowski is kind of an... an like, it's weird. The Big Lebowski feels like the film that, like, launched uh, a, a, a thousand, thousand ships. And, yeah, you I know, agree. And, and, but, like, uh, Terminator Genesis? Yes. Or was that the one that just came out? No, the ne- Dark, Dark Fate. Dark Fate, but what something was... What the fuck does that have to do with The I Big Lebowski? Oh, that's the film. The Terminator 2 actually uh, has a bunch of, like, spinoff films. Yes, that's true. But, but like, you don't think about that when you think about Terminator 2, you know? That's like, a really good point. It stands, it stands on its own. I saw Terminator 2 long before I saw Terminator 1. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. And Terminator 1 is a much darker, less mainstream movie, I would yeah, argue. Yeah. Um, and I actually saw Terminator before Terminator 2 because I think my dad rented inappropriately violent action <laughs> movies for me when I was a kid. Yeah, that's, um, how, that's I got to go with... Um, I got to go with The Big Lebowski. Wow. Yeah. I Terminator 2, let's Terminator 2 is a moving film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's about fatherhood. I think it's about fathers and sons. I think it's about like um it's about motherhood. It's about mother it's mo- prob- probably most predominantly about motherhood. The thing that I think when I'm thinking about it is the fact that uh, it ends with the Terminator sacrificing himself for John Connor. So that's the fatherhood thing, but I think ultimately largely the films are about motherhood and they're about sort of um uh, let's sort of like not invented families, but um, the families that you make, yeah. as opposed to the families that you're born into, and I think that's really moving. Um, however, one of the things that I think the Big Lebowski—it's not to say that it's more intellectual, but I think the Coen brothers always have something to say that's thematically interesting, and I think Big Lebowski being sort of about westward expansion in mm-hmm. LA specifically, and like what what has been made of this country by people invading it mm-hmm. um is very subtle but yeah. it's very there like it's not a particularly emotional film and in fact it's sort of superficial in that it's bubbly and fun in a lot of ways but there's like a darkness underneath it um you know it, it's sort of like i really like the film dogville the lars von Trier film but mm-hmm. that film hits you over the head with its statements about america and what america sure. is doing in the world big lebowski you can totally watch and go like what a great neon what a great film noir mm-hmm but I think Big Lebowski... Film Lebowski's Noir is a movement, not a genre, but yeah, hard-boiled uh, detective It's become fiction. a genre, a hard-boiled detective. I, yeah. I mean, you're right, but <laughs> fuck off. Um, I think that, I don't know, Big Lebowski has more to chew on for me. Okay. But I, again, like Friday Night, Terminator 2, baby, all day. But yeah. I think Big Lebowski's really enjoyable, too. Yeah. No, no, I mean, they're tough films. Yeah, I don't know. I just, um, it, again, I, I think Lebowski for me just... It, it, it's it's worn out its welcome a little bit for a few yeah. years. Anyway.